illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here we'll tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of Thermodynamic Lib Immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how are you doing? Doing all right, Billy. Good. So had a had a fun ride with you down to uh, to uh, Grants Pass on Friday. Yes, we went and got the sausages for Sausage Fest for the Stanford game in a couple weeks. Yep, yep. We we missed Sausage Fest 2020, so now we have to celebrate doubly hard for 2021. Correct. Correct. So at least they come into Oregon now. We don't have to meet the guy at the truck behind the target. So that's always good. Yeah. You know, um, I was saying that the Evergood sausages, they actually sell them at Target, the uh, Louisiana Hot Links. But I was at Target. Or Target or Costco. I mean, I'm at at Costco. I was at the Costco today in in Salem. Mm -hmm. No Louisiana Hot Links. Really? None? None. Oh. Didn't have them. So it's a good thing we picked them up while we're down there. Yeah, you see they're building a new Costco in Salem. It's going to be huge, I hear. Yeah, over off of Kubler. It'd be much easier to get in and out of. Yeah, yeah. That that Costco does have crappy parking. The the gas station's in an awkward location. And yeah. And the rumor gas. is that that Costco, the old Costco location, is going to be I, sold I, to another company. I, I've heard this. And used as a commissary. Yes. For an expansion. For a certain company that likes to put crossed palm trees out front. Yes. Which if they they put a commissary there, they'd be able to hit all the way down into southern Oregon, all the way up to Seattle, Mm -hmm. and going out like I-84 and west into Oregon, or east into Oregon. Mm -hmm. Possibly even Nevada. I I mean, even uh, Idaho. 
I was going to tell you the other day, I did not realize, did you know there's a Shake Shack in Beaverton? Oh, I think I heard that, yeah. Yeah, I drove by it the other day. I'm like, when the hell did Shake Shack go in? And then I thought, damn it, I need to call Billy and we need to go to Shake Shack. Well, we went to that one so, in, in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. I thought it was okay. What was the, what was the one that we, what was the, where in the hell did we go? We got the Frosted Flake milkshakes. Oh, that was a, uh, oh, what the hell's the name of that? That's Steak and Shake. Oh, that was that, that was, that was that in Tennessee. Was it's the best milkshake I've ever had. <laughs> that was a good milkshake. Yeah, it was in Tennessee. <laughs> okay, okay. So, anyways, so you can see my confu- you can see my confusion. Yes, yes, yes. Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to get together, talk beaver sports, tailgate, and anything else we find interesting every week, and just generally screw around. I want to remind everyone you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and any other podcatcher you might have. And if we're not on there, let me know and I'll try to get us on there. Also, HeinrichTailgator, gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, and HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Beach, are you ready to talk some Beaver sports news? Oh, Billy, I've been waiting all week for this one. i got to tell you too, Beach, and I'm hurting right now. Beach knows this. I go out walking several times a day. Been doing it for 13 years now. Um just cuz I need to move. And uh so Friday when I was getting ready for Beach to come down and pick me up at mm-hmm. in Corvallis, I was on my walk. I was trying to hurry up and I'm coming up to a corner and the I had to hit the light signal and cars were in the turn lane and I'm like, "Oh, if I hurry up and get that light signal hit before the last car gets the turn lane, I'll be able to hit this cycle of light. So I kind of just started trotting up there a little bit, caught my foot on some raised concrete, ate crap in front of a bunch of cars, including a cop who opened his window up, asked me if I was okay. And I said, yeah, only my pride is hurt, but kind of scraped myself up a little bit, but I freaking bruised my ribs and it like hurts right now. So just even sitting here in my chair hurts. He comes walking up to me with kind of a bloody hand. Blood on his shorts. Bloody knees. Yeah, and I'm just like, gee, many Christmas. I'm like, you know you're getting old when you fall down walking. This this is why I I always get a little fearful of wearing shorts when I'm working outside and stuff. Uh, So. Well, just 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 so you just. I like to have a little bit of protection. Yeah, well, that's the other thing, too, is I had a sweatshirt on, but I got a freaking rug burn on my elbow because it just rub burned on the inside of that sweatshirt. Anyway, so if I feel sound a little out of breath or anything, it's because my ribs hurt. So just, you know, maybe we should get you that 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 tape that the football players wear on their wrists now when they're playing. You know, it goes from their wrist to their elbow. Yeah. Maybe you need to start walking with those. <laughs> the stuff that keeps them from getting the rug burns on the carpet. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, maybe let's, some knee pads. There you go. Uh, let's start off with some women's volleyball beach. Oh, Billy, please give me some good news on the women's volleyball team, please. Well, Beach, the Oregon State volleyball team kept it a close battle for three sets against number 25 Washington State, but weren't able to steal a set to eventually fall 3 to nothing to the Cougs on damn cancer night. So they, they fell like Bill Heinrich does on a sidewalk. Pretty much, yeah. Then two nights later, Beach, the volleyball team gave number 10 Washington a run in the first set but weren't able to keep the momentum going as the Huskies defeated the Beavers in three sets. It's tough when you're not even getting a set win. Yeah. Yeah. The Beavers will be back on the road next week, traveling uh, to Los Angeles to take on USC and UCLA. 
Oregon State will match up against USC on Friday at 7 p.m. on the Pac-12 Networks before concluding weekend action at UCLA on Sunday at noon. Just disappointing. Yeah, disappointing. yeah it's not a good season for the volleyball team. But on to It's a rebuilding year. Yeah, pretty much. On to women's soccer. Oh, tell me it wasn't a tie. The number 24 Oregon State women's soccer team fell 4-1 to to number 7 UCLA in Corvallis on Friday, snapping his two-game winning streak. And they are now 11 and 3 overall and 3 and 3 in Pac-12 play. Okay. At least it wasn't a tie, right? No, at least it wasn't a tie. Well, Beach, the Beavs hit the road one last time during the 2022 season, taking on Utah and Salt Lake City this week on the 21st at 6 p.m. before heading to Boulder to face Colorado on the 24th at 11 a.m. Hmm. So. And they'll finish well, the season they at home. Yeah, hopefully they have a successful week. Let's hope so. Well, we can talk a little bit of men's soccer. Last week, Beach, Oregon State midfielder Sofane Javal was named Pac-12 Player of the Week by the conference. The conference nod is the first time any Beaver players received the award during the 2021 season. That's weird because we're leading the Pac-12, aren't we? Um, they're in there. I don't know if they're leading, but they're they're up there. Now, in two okay. games last week, Jafal totaled uh, two goals and an assist to help nationally rank Oregon State um, in its road swing and extend its unbeaten streak to six matches uh, in their road swing in the Bay Area. Hmm. And then this last week, Beej, uh the men's soccer team defeated St. Mary's 4 to nothing on Friday, earning its fifth shutout of the season. Now, the number 13 Beavs improved to 8-1-2 overall, 3-0-1 in the Pac-12, and they're now four and four in their all-time series with the Gales of St. Mary's. Okay. The, Beavers, the Gales. The Gales. Yeah. Okay. G A E L S. Gales. You know okay. what a gale is? Like a wind. No, that's G A I L S. Oh. No, I don't know what a gale is. Well, gales—they're Scottish Highlanders. They speak Gaelic. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, they're an inhabitant of Ireland or Scotland or the Isle of Man. Okay. Uh, the Bees resume Pac-12 action on October 22nd as they travel to Seattle, Washington to clash with the Huskies at five. Mm. And finally, Bees will finish up with a little bit of cross-country news. Now, remember the cross-country team split last weekend. Part of the team going one place to compete, the other part going another place. So Mm -hmm. um, part of the team competed at the Nuttycomb Invitational hosted by Wisconsin at the Thomas. What was that called again, Billy? Nuttycomb Invitational. Nuttycomb? N-U-T-T-Y-C-O-M-B-E. Nuttycomb. Nuttycomb. Yep. At the Thomas Zimmer Championship Cross Country Course. One one more more, more time. One more time, Billy. What, What was that again? One more time. Nuttycomb. Nuttycomb? Yeah. Now, the number 30-ranked 30, uh, 30 Beavers finished 27th in the team standings with 690 points. Out of the 36 teams competing, the Nuttycomb Invitational featured a total of... <laughs> I can't laugh, Beach. Featured a total of 19 ranked teams out of the USTFCCCA National Coaches Poll. <laughs> I hate you, Beach. 
Normally I hate Kyle. I still hate Kyle. But I really hate you, Beach. <laughs> now, then, Beach, on Saturday, part of the team placed fifth in the team standings with 176 points at the Lewis and Clark Invitational, hosted by Lewis and Clark College at Milo McIver State Park in Estacada, Oregon. Yeah. Milo McIver State Park. Yeah, Estacada. In Estacada. Okay. <laughs> something like wet vagina or something like that. <laughs> I can't laugh, Beach. It hurts. <laughs> Next up, the Bees will compete at the Pac-12 Cross Country Championships on October 29th at the Regional Athletic Complex in Salt Lake City, Utah. The women's 6K is scheduled for 10 a.m., and the meet will broadcast on the Pac-12 network. God, I'm crying. I hate you, okay. Beach. <laughs> Alrighty. <clears throat> hey, Billy, do I hear something? I sure as hell hope so. <laughs> Hold on here. Billy. Yes, Beach. Oh, God. This just in. Eugene Police all-volunteer Huckleberry Patrol team partnered with local Kappa Sigma chapter for graffiti abatement in Eugene on Thursday. The Huckleberry Patrol team is made up of volunteers 18 and older who commit to three-hour shifts per week for six months, removing graffiti in the downtown core area of Eugene. Uh, They are supposed to wear blue police vests, but most of them don't for fear of getting the shit kicked out of them by woke college students. Removing 422 tags and 33 stickers, the group estimated most of the street art came from U of O students due to the poor spelling, lack of proper punctuation, and the excessive number of artistically drawn marijuana leaks. This has been your Heinrich Tailgater update from Eugene. Wow. I don't understand all the graffiti. I, I don't either. I don't understand why they call them the Huckleberry Patrol team. Yeah, I wonder why they're called that. Yeah, I couldn't find out, but it's just called the Huckleberry Patrol Team. Did you so look it up? I did. I did try to look up some reporting on it, and I couldn't find anything. I saw an application for it. That's where I found out that they have to wear the blue vest. But, I mean, would you wear a blue vest and act like a police officer in Eugene? I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. You know, and, and and they probably would say, you know, it's it it's said the all volunteer Huckleberry Patrol team, probably like a team of one. So, but uh, anyway, yeah, they said, uh, you you know, it's just interesting how bad uh, the graffiti and stuff is getting around there anymore and in Portland. But hmm. it is what it is. So. Yeah, I'm trying to look to see what uh, why it's called the. Yeah, it doesn't say why it's called the Huckleberry Patrol Team. Nope, nope, just the Huckleberry Patrol Team. It oh wait, 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 wait. Did you find something? Okay. Does it, have, does it have to do with Tombstone, Val Kilmer? Hold on here. Well, Johnny Ringo. Looks like somebody just walked over <laughs> the grave. Um, says the Graffiti Task Force, and it was now known as the Huckleberry Team. Nope, doesn't say. It just used to be the graffiti task force. You know you have a pretty crappy town when you have to have a graffiti task force. Yep. yep you know yep, what else? You know you have a, a crappy town, like down in L.A., and you got to put razor wire around freeway signs. Mm-hmm. 
That's to tell you you have problems when you're how your town's Education going. System, yeah. social structure. Yeah. Uh, culture, yeah, yeah. No, lots of things for hunger. Yeah. yeah, you shouldn't have to. Put that's not society. That that that's that's not that's not society. That's that's a family problem right there. That's anarchy. Yeah, yeah. All right, Beach. So, good update. All right, so <laughs> it is now time to go under further review for week number seven in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown. Okay. All right. So heading into last week, you were kicking everyone's ass at 31 out of 40. Ass kicker. I was at 25 out of 40. And Kyle, I hate you, Kyle, was at 23 out of 40. And we had Kyle's five. not far behind you. Yeah, but it just keeps going the wrong way. All right. And I started picking opposite you because, well, actually, no, I kind of picked the way you did. Yeah, Here, we were we'll, off we'll on a through. couple. Yeah, we'll go through it. I wasn't just – and actually, I started picking before you. Mm-hmm. So, all right. First up, Beach, we had one game on Friday night. Cal at Oregon. That was a great game. I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching, especially at the end. I thought Cal played way above their, uh, their typical caliber. But unfortunately, they couldn't pull it off. Um, so we all, and we all picked Oregon, even though I would have gladly have taken that loss if it, uh, meant, uh, Oregon would have lost. So anyway, yes, but we all took Oregon. How'd that turn out? I forgot to write this one down. So I'm going to have to do it on the fly. Do it on the fly. Oregon freaking barely, <laughs> barely pulled this one out. Oregon running Much, back Anthony Brown. Like- what? I was going to say, much much like the uh, the uh, the excited high school student right after his senior prom, he barely pulled this one out. Yep. <laughs> Oregon running back Anthony Brown ran 11 yards for a touchdown with 4.50 left to give Oregon a 24-17 win over Cal. I'm so inappropriate this week. Yeah, I don't know what else to say here. I was hoping that we would have the handout. Drop Kleenexes to the University of Oregon this week. That would have been great. They were they were right on the edge of their seats. I think they thought they they were they were feeling the loss at the end there. Who Oregon? Oregon. I mean, it was that close. You could see they were stressed. They, well, I, you and I, you watched the game over here with me, or most of the game mm-hmm. at the house, and Oregon does not look like a great football team. Now, one thing is they have taken a lot of injuries this year. Obviously, mm-hmm. they lost C.J. Ferdell um, mm-hmm. to an injury. Lost him for the season. But mm-hmm. Brown at quarterback, I told you, he does not like to throw the ball when he feels there's any kind of coverage. He likes to yeah, throw you, to you wide open com- guys. Yeah, you made a comment that he he plays a lot like Terrence Bryant did back before Jonathan Smith took over. Exactly. He just wanted to play the safe ball. No, exactly. no risk. I, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to keep my stats high. I'm going to have com- good completion ratios. I'm going to have no interceptions, but I'm also not going to get much yardage. Yeah. And that's not, I'm not going to try and put the ball, you know, put the mm-hmm. ball up when I think there's any kind of, of, of coverage out there. And I just, and defensively, they've got a couple great guys, but you can move the ball on them. I was surprised how much Oregon gave up in uh, in rushing. 
Um, Cal rushed for 155 yards against him, threw for 247, and Cal has not had much of a offensive attack at all. And they moved the ball against him, and you know they Oregon they had him up against the ropes. They had him up against the ropes. Yeah, we're all up until the end of the game. And yeah. uh, I just I just don't know how good Oregon is. I I think. Mario Cristobal is a hell of a recruiter. I just don't know how great a co- coach he is. Mm-hmm. He has yet to prove it to me. Yeah, they're, they're, they pulled off a win, but they're not dominating their, their games at all. Not at all. Not at all. So I thought they were lucky to come out with a win on that one. Mm-hmm. I, and I, sometimes I think if Cal would have taken it over time, uh, I just felt, <clears throat> I think momentum would have been in Cal's favor at that point. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, well, we all took Oregon, so we all got the one there. Next up, Beige, all the rest of the games are on Saturday the 16th. First up, Arizona at Colorado. Well, Kyle took uh, took the Wildcats while you and I took Colorado. Maybe because we're high. I don't know. Yep, and last week we talked about um, – I talked about uh, their quarterback getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And he is done for the season. So, I don't remember that quarterback's what? name, but it was the freshman. What was his injury? Do you recall? Um, it was a leg injury or knee injury of some sort. Gotcha. Well, Beach, uh, yes. Yeah, so you and I took Colorado. Kyle took Arizona. Okay. So an Arizona team that owns the nation's longest losing streak was just the salve the Colorado Buffaloes needed after snapping a four-game skid with a thirty-four to nothing trashing of the Wildcats at Folsom Field in Boulder. The Buffs scored on a blocked punt and an interception, in addition to a long pass as they extended Arizona's nation's longest losing streak to 18 games. Now, the bus managed just two first-half field goals against an Arizona team that hasn't won since beating Colorado 35-30 to at Folsom Field on October 5, 2019. Now, the Wildcats had played better in recent weeks, keeping number 9 Oregon and UCLA close until the fourth quarter, but this one blew up on them in the third. The Wildcats also lost another quarterback for the second straight week, Redshirt freshman righty Gunnar Cruz tore a ligament in his right thumb when he hit a helmet on a pick six. So not only did they lose him, but he threw an interception that was returned for touchdowns. Wildcats coach Jed Fish said Cruz appears to be done for the year. So who are they going to go to now? I don't know. So was this his first game as a redshirt freshman? Uh, No, he actually played a couple games. Uh, He started the first two games of the season, I think. Okay, so he's so he can't uh, recover this year. Uh, no, he's already redshirted. Okay. And remember, last year didn't count. Okay. So you'll see a lot of six-year seniors this year. Gotcha. But if guys wanted to come back, last year didn't count. <clears throat> so it looks like you and I got the point on that one. Yeah, but not Kyle. Kyle's doing horrible. All right, Beige. Next up was Stanford at Washington State. Did you watch any of these games at all? I did not. I uh, I worked on Saturday. Um, I watched a chunk of the Stanford at Washington State game. So you guys both took Wazoo. I took Stanford. How'd that turn out? Well, Beach, Washington State running back Max Borgie scored on a two-yard run with a minute 30 left in the game as Washington State came back to defeat Stanford 34-31 to on Saturday. What could possibly be the last game for Wazoo coach Nick Rolovich? Now, 
The state of Washington set a deadline of Monday for all public employees, including the Cougars coach, who's the highest paid public employee in Washington, to be vaccinated against the coronavirus. Now, Rolovich has applied for a religious exemption, but his future with the team hangs on until then. And there's been no word on what's going on. I wonder if they'll uh, pay him the balance of his contract or how that negotiates. I don't know. Because essentially, you know, that's interesting because when you think about it, his contracts with the, the university, which is a separate entity from the state, does the state have the right to void that contract? Well, but they're all public employees. Okay. And I don't, but I don't think they can just void the contract. Um, from what yeah. I was when, from what I was reading, it would be like a sixty percent payout on what's remaining, because he would be fired with cause or something like that. Okay. Okay. So interesting. But anyways, so Borgie's winning score. So was, he, he he gets paid more than the uh, coach at uh, the Huskies, he, huh? He does. Yeah, I was looking at that. I didn't think so either, but he does. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you got to pay more to live out in the middle of nowhere. Well, you can't think that the cost of living in Pullman is anywhere near the cost of living in Seattle. No, that's true. But so, who really wants to live in Pullman? You got to pay somebody for the inconvenience. Yeah, I guess. But uh, I was just I was looking this up the other day because his his base salary is two million and it goes up to three million with incentives. But two million dollars hmm. a year living in Pullman, I mean, hell, you should be able to buy half the town. Probably, yeah. yeah. Now, Beach, for Washington State, Borgie's winning score was set up by a 41-yard pass reception by Calvin Jackson Jr. Borgie finished with 89 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Wazoo quarterback Jaden Delora threw for 289 yards and three TDs for Washington State, which won its third straight game and holds a five-game winning streak against Stanford. Austin Jones and Benjamin Yorsik caught touchdown passes for Stanford, and Joshua K- uh, Cardi kicked three field goals. So Wazoo beat Stanford five years in a row. Wow! Actually, five five games because they didn't play last year because of COVID problems. Did, how secure is Stanford coach's employment? I think very. I think he's probably one of the best coaches in the pack. Just just a struggling year this year. Just a struggling year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And with uh, you know, and I had, I don't know the ups and downs of Stanford's roster, but you know, I don't know how many of their people stuck around. You know what I mean? They're all pretty. They're, they're all pretty smart. So well, you know, because like I said, teachers make a lot more money. Well, that's why I said a lot of a lot of teams have six-year seniors playing this year, and I don't know about Stanford. They could have a lot of new guys. Because so. most of them are starting IPOs and yep. making their millions. Pretty much. But anyway, so I didn't get the win there. Although I thought I was going to get it. I thought I was going to grab a sneak one out there. But yeah, they scored with a minute thirty left. So, all right, Beach. Next up. UCLA at Washington. I, uh, I'm i the one that took UCLA on this one, bitch tits and all, and you guys took the Huskies. Correct. UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson threw for two TDs and ran for another. Devin Kirkwood came up with a critical interception inside the final five minutes, and UCLA beat Washington 24-17 on Saturday night. Now, Zach Charbonneau, added 131 yards rushing, and the Bruins won their second straight on the road, remaining right in the middle of the Pac-12 South division race. Thompson-Robinson was 21 of 26 passing for 183 yards and added another 87 yards rushing. His last run came with 201 left when he spread an 8 yards for a first down after Washington used its final timeout. 
Now, Devin Kirkwood intercepted Washington quarterback Dylan Morris at the UCLA 4 with 4.50 remaining. Morris had Jalen McMillan open for a potential touchdown, but didn't lead him enough, and Kirkwood made an excellent recovery, juggling and then securing the ball. Now, it was the second nice. time Morris was picked off after getting intercepted on Washington's opening drive of the game. Morris was 20 of 30 passing for 184 yards, but the Huskies failed to rebound after losing at Oregon State on the final play two weeks ago. Hmm. So you got the win there. I just wonder how long Washington will put up with Jimmy Lakes not winning up there. They have uh, a lot of these teams have really high expectations every year. Yes, they do. So. So. All right, Beach, final game of the week, Arizona State at Utah. Kyle and I picked uh, the Sun Devils. You, on the other hand, wanted to be with the Utes. Well, and I, I, I switched at the end. Do you remember? Yeah, you did. Because I was like, yep, Arizona yep, State, I, like no, I'm taking Utah. I have it scratched out here. Yeah. yeah, I have it scratched out here. Yep. How'd that work out? How'd that work out for you, Billy? Well, Beach, Utah quarterback Cameron Rising threw for 247 yards and two TDs as Utah rallied to beat number 18 Arizona State 35 to 21 on Saturday night. Rising added 59 yards and a TD on six carries. Tavion Thomas ran for 84 yards and a score. And the Utes took over sole possession of first place in the Pac-12 South. And they are the last unbeaten team in Pac-12 play. Now, Utah scored on four straight drives in the second half to erase a 14-point halftime deficit. Rising completed 13 of 15 pass attempts after halftime while leading the comeback. Now, Arizona State totaled just 97 yards in the second half and averaged a measly 3.3 yards per play. The Utes were energized on defense by what they were able to do on offense. So, yeah. so, every, team has a, so every team in the Pac-12 has a loss now? In, in the pack, except for Utah. Utah doesn't have a Pac-12 except, loss. Really, I didn't think Utah was doing that well this year. Um, well, they lost two Did, games because they lost to BYU, I believe, in the season opener, and then lost mm-hmm. to San Diego State not long after that. But they haven't you know, lost maybe in that's the Pac-12. Why I just yeah, maybe that's why I just assumed they weren't doing very well. Uh, they're looking better. Well, and they, they lost. They, they had lost, such a bumpy start. They, 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 they benched their starting quarterback who then immediately left for the transfer portal, and they've been starting this Cameron Rising. I look at Rising, and he doesn't look that impressive to me, but he gets shit done. You know? Yeah, you he know? was 13 of 15 in the second half. He doesn't look like he should be that fast, but he's pretty quick. I, you know, he, he's getting the job done. So, Beavs will have a, a, a little bit to handle with him this week. So, all right. So after this week, Beach, Kyle went two of five. I went mm-hmm. three of five, and you went four of five. I so, am so above my game. I'm so above my uh, game right now. You're totally out kicking your coverage right now. So Kyle's yep, yep, at twenty five out of forty five. I'm at twenty eight out of forty five, and you are at thirty five out of forty five. Barring a an epic second half of the season collapse, I don't think anyone's going to touch you. Nobody ever does touch me, Billy, and that's what makes me yeah, sad. That's the problem. All right, Beach, let's talk about the Pac-12 and the polls. Well, for the Pac-12 and the polls, it is pretty bleak. In the AP <laughs> poll. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the AP poll, <laughs> Oregon fell a spot to number 10. Mm-hmm. They won and fell a spot. Then you've got Utah, Arizona State, and UCLA in the others receiving votes category. 
In the coaches poll, Oregon's number 10 with Utah and Arizona State in the others receiving votes category. Um, it was a it was a mess today in the uh, or this week in the uh, in college football. I know I know you don't didn't watch the games, but number two Iowa lost to Purdue to Purdue. Um, That'd make Kirk happy, wouldn't it? Uh, I don't know how much he actually roots for Purdue all the time, but yeah, Iowa lost. Iowa fall all the way down to number eleven. Wow. Yeah, so they dropped. Um, who else lost? Uh, I can't remember who else lost. But you know, people are people are moving back up. So Georgia's number one at seven and zero. Cincinnati comes in at number two at six and zero, which they're not out of a Power Five conference, so that's impressive. Oklahoma's three at seven and zero. Alabama, who just lost last week, is back up to number four at six and one. Iowa State, who lost to Oregon, is up at number five at five and one. And Michigan. Is sixth at six and zero. Penn State is seventh at five and one. Oklahoma State at six and zero. Michigan State at seven and zero at number nine, and Oregon at ten, and Iowa at number eleven. So you've got one, two, three, four, five, six Big Ten teams in the top eleven. That's pretty impressive. Wow. Now none of those teams have played each other yet, so that's part of it. And you know, I don't think knock themselves down. a little bit, but I don't know if all of those teams will actually play each other completely um, because of the way their conference is set up. There will be, you know, Michigan will play Ohio state, you know, and, and I know Michigan state will play Michigan. And so there will be some games like that in there, but, but it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. It's just been a mess. It's been a mess. All right, beach. Well, it is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week, we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, BJ, it goes to an entire fan base. Hmm. Well, maybe not a fan base. Please but tell, me, tell, me, tell me it's a fan base in Eugene. No, it's not. Oh. Um, I, I, I shouldn't say the whole fan base. It should be a certain amount of fans that went and saw a game this weekend. Like at the game? It was at the game, yes. So, were they cheering for Brandon? Oh, no, I wish they were cheering for let's, let's go Brandon, but no, it's not. Um, this was actually at the Tennessee Ole Miss game. All in, right. In Tennessee. So okay. uh, well. this game was the return of Ole Miss coach Lane Kiffin to Tennessee's Nayland Stadium. Now, you know he was only there for like a year in 2009 and then took off to USC. Mm-hmm. So that, that fan base holds a pretty big grudge. Well, Beach, Lane Kiffin was ready for just about anything Saturday night in his first return to Nayland Stadium as a head coach. But dodging an endless sea of bottles, both plastic and glass, along with an assortment of other projectiles, including a golf ball, and one was an ugly ending to Ole Miss's 31-26 victory over Tennessee, probably wasn't on his play sheet. Now, Kiffin told ESPN, quote, It's an emotional game and fans are emotional, but you never expect something like that to see all that stuff come flying out of the stands. I got hit with a golf ball, but at least whoever threw it was smart enough to throw a dirty range ball. Now, Beads, with 54 seconds remaining, the game was delayed for around 20 minutes after officials on the field 
ruled that Tennessee tight end Jacob Warren was stopped just short of the first down marker on a fourth and 24 play in a questionable spot. Now, the call on the field was upheld by replay officials, and irate fans in both the lower and upper decks began showering the sideline and part of the field with debris and bottles, most of them filled with water and other substances. Several Ole Miss cheerleaders were even hit. Now, security personnel eventually evacuated the Ole Miss sideline and pushed the coaches and players to the middle of the field, while the game officials huddled the middle field until there was some semblance of order restored. Now, Kiffin, who was you know, the head coach at Tennessee before heading to USC, joked he was going to keep the yellow range ball as a souvenir and said he was nearly pegged with several other items. He said, quote, there were a number of bottles with some brown stuff in them. I'm not sure what it was. It probably wasn't moonshine. They probably wouldn't waste moonshine on me. Nice job of Kiffin to get a little hillbilly dig in there. But yeah, anyways, Beach, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was horrible. There was a ton of stuff on the on the field. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I always go back to that Washington game we had. What was it, ten years ago when yeah. when we dang near had the riot? Yeah. And um, and Oregon State booed. Yeah, we booed every, like hell. Like the For those whole those people that don't know, rest. it was I think two thousand six, maybe two thousand seven. Um, Evanson Bernard. 15, I think it was two thousand seven. I think Evanson Bernard was running towards the end zone. Um, and by all accounts, he was either down inside the one yard line or it was a touchdown. But they ruled it a but fumble they... and it was returned and there was no replay. Nobody threw a bing bag to um, signify that there was a, a change loss of, possession. of possession. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, uh, it was just, it was a mess. And I have never booed like that at a game. And I booed, I booed continually for a long time. Yeah, it, it, it was the play would happen. Play was over. Booing began. Play would start. Mm-hmm. People would stop booing. Play was over. The booing began. And it was every play until the end of that game. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, that's what, as far as I'm concerned, that's what you do as a fan. Because you're yeah. supporting your team and you're showing your 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 disgust of the officiating because they blew the call so bad. And it's one thing when they blow a minor call that maybe maybe not have an effect on the game. This was an absolute game changing call. If Oregon State didn't win that game, I think there would have been a riot. Um, but that being said, nobody ever threw any but thing onto the state uh, onto the field. You know. Mm-hmm. There, there was there was nothing like that, and I remember going up, and I I, I get angry. It's uh, when you go up to uh, uh, CenturyLink Field. I think it's CenturyLink, isn't it? Yep. Or is it Husky Stadium? CenturyLink. So you go up to CenturyLink because we watched. That's where the the Huskies played when they were renovating the stadium up there, right? Correct. And we go up to CenturyLink, and you order a soda, and they give you a Coke, and they remove the cap from you, so you're stuck with this freaking pop without a stupid cap, which I like a cap on my soda so it doesn't go stale. Well, especially and if you're carrying just, a bunch of them. Exactly. Yet the bastards take it. So whenever you go to CenturyLink Field, always keep uh, take your own bottle caps with you. Just take them off your, your used ones from home, and that way you got it handled. And I asked the guy, though, when I got him, like, why in the hell don't you give me a stupid cap? He's like, well, we're not allowed to. You can use people, it as a weapon. Yeah, because people throw it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then no, they and were I'm throwing like, glass bottles in Tennessee too. It's like, geez. Well, when in the hell did glass be allowed in the stadium? I don't know. 
But I mean, there, so, you should have seen crazy. all the stuff piled up out there. Well, and like Lane Kiffin's 82 year old dad was out there. They had to evacuate him from the stadium. It was just, it was ugly. And it's just, it was no, ugly. Like I said, I, I have, I have no problem. You know, it, it's always the, you know, I, I go, I live my whole life by, you know, uh, name, uh, sticks and stones, right? But mm-hmm. names will never hurt you. You can, you can, I, I'm a firm believer in freedom of speech. I mean, if you want to say, let's go Brandon all day long, go for it. Sometimes in the other form, it's a little unclassy, but you know what? We, we have the right to do that. But when it comes to actually bodily harm, no, we don't have a right. Exactly. Not at all. Exactly. And it was just, it was ugly. I, I thought Kiffin did a pretty good job. You know, he said he, later he said he wasn't worried about his, his players. He was worried more about his coaches and the other support staff because because the players mm-hmm. have helmets on. We just made sure they all had their helmets on. He goes, for the most part, they keep their backs to them. They're going to be okay. But it's everybody else I'm afraid, worried about getting hurt. And it's a football yeah. game. When it comes down to it, as much as I love football, it's still just a football game. And it's just yeah. an ugly, ugly thing to see. So, uh, Tennessee fans in Nayland Stadium this weekend, you get this week's. <laughs> Jackass of the week. What were you going to say, Beach? Well, and, and honestly, it, it's it's not the other team's fault. No. You know, it's the officiating who may or may – I don't know. I didn't watch the game, so I can't really speak. But they may or may not have blown the call. But to, to well, it's one of those things. It's everybody hard. else out there that had nothing to do with anything. Yeah, and it's hard to say. Was the spot bad? I, I've, I've seen it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. You know, but get farther than the spot. Don't yeah. give them the ability. Yeah. So, well, they you said it was a fourth and twenty something. Fourth and twenty four, yeah. I mean, that was a ballsy play, anyway. Yep. Well, it was so. it was a do or die play, so. Yeah. And Tennessee did get the ball back, but their quarterback got hurt on the first play, and and then the backup guy couldn't. They only had like twenty seven seconds left to try and score, and they didn't. Mm. So. All right, Beach. It is now time for this week's musical interlude, and it is my pick. And so, and I've been going through a lot of music that came out in 1991 and mm-hmm. I was trying to do something different. I, I just wasn't sure. And then I thought, you know what? There's an album that came out in 1991, didn't win any awards, didn't chart, but it's an album that I personally love with a song Millie that I, Vanilli? no, that came out in like 89 with a song that I really okay. love. And so I'm going to pick this. So this is a band, you might have heard from me that I like this band. You might have. But most people have probably never heard of this band. Um, the band Beach is the Four Horsemen. Ooh. And they uh, you, actually, you actually got me onto the Four Horsemen. Yes. And they enjoyed a brief popularity, you know, semi-popularity, in the late 80s, early 90s. And their style was blues-influenced hard, hard rock. But their fame was both fleeting and marred by a lot of tragedy and just other stuff. So the four Did they get screwed by their managers? No, they just had all sorts of personnel problems. So the four horsemen okay. were formed in the late 1980s by the Welsh-born guitarist Stephen Harris, who also went by the name Haggis and the, the name Kid Chaos. And um, he played with a lot of different bands, including as like a stage musician with... Guns N' Roses during the um, Appetite. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. During the Appetite time, he was like another musician on stage. It wasn't part of the main okay. band. Um, 
Now, Haggis had also been a touring bassist for The Cult, the band The Cult. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Haggis formed uh, The Four Horsemen in Hollywood, California, when he decided to leave The Cult, switching from bass to rhythm and guitar. Now, he'd also previously worked with producer Rick Rubin, who produced a couple albums for The Cult. And Rubin introduced Haggis to vocalist Frank Starr. Now, the Four Horsemen's debut album, Nobody Said It Was Easy, which was produced by Rubin, was released in 1991, following a two-year delay when Starr was arrested on drug charges and spent six months in jail. Now, the album generated a title track as a single, Nobody Said It Was Easy, followed by the hit Rockin' Is My Business. However, Starr was arrested again and this time spent a year in jail on drug charges. This combined with poor album sales as the grunge scene started to take over from traditional rock caused the record label to drop them in 92. In 94, the band, minus Haggis and Pape, who quit having had enough of Starr's behavior, reconciled their differences and started to put together a third, uh, another album, which became getting pretty good at barely getting by. Now, um, Starr ended up dying of a drug overdose and they've had a ton of substance abuse problems and the band just kind of fizzled out. Now, the first time I ever heard of the Four Horsemen Horsemen was actually in a Metallica video. I believe maybe the Nothing Else Matters video or one of those. It was in the Black Album era. So I saw James Hetfield wearing a Four Horsemen t-shirt. Oh, really? Yeah, so I saw uh, uh, Hetfield wearing a Four Horsemen t-shirt in a in one of their videos. Um, and then when 91, I was starting school in at Oregon State, and I would drive my little blue 1977 Datsun pickup back home on Fridays to go watch football with mom and dad um, on Friday nights. Right. A, a, a Glenn, High school football, yeah. Exactly. And I would always listen to KGON, and KGON had the song that I'm going to play tonight on heavy rotation. Um, playing it several times a day back in the fall of 1991. So here's a song I'm going to play. Um, it's my favorite song off the album. Uh, it's Four Horsemen's Tired Wings. Shadows on my tail Sharper than an old cat 
my favorite song off that album it's my favorite four horsemen song you know me i don't listen to a lot of music that's not bands that i listen to that a lot of other people have never heard of mm-hmm. who don't like um i can only think of a couple one being four horsemen the other one being um nerf herder okay i'm a big nerf herder fan but other yeah, than that well, i listen to a lot of stuff that's you know rather popular and i have no problem admitting that well it yeah, I, well, and I, I would also say I like the Ataris, which I don't think is mainstream either. No, no, no. Ataris yeah, is kind of Ataris in that, ner- Yeah, that's, see, that's a band I don't really listen to. No, I, I listen to only... Remember when we found that? I think you and I were at a Best Buy. Yeah. And uh, I, I look at them like band called the Ataris, and I flip it over, and and uh, one of their songs was... Uh, Said Demon's uh, High School Football Rules? Yeah, exactly. And you and I both look at each other because we always say that all the time because it's a quote from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yep. So quite possibly one of the greatest movies of all time. But um, uh, no, you know, with Four Horsemen, I always uh, felt it was kind of like it felt a little Leonard Skinnerty. It yes. felt a little Jackaly, a little Jack. A little bit. Too. Yep. A little more blues yeah. influenced. Yeah, I think that's where I, I kind of get the feeling of the uh, of the. Um, uh, uh, of Skinner. Leonard Skinner, yep. a little, yeah, a little, little bit more Southern rock in there. And then I love that, that beginning of that song where they, where they bring the jet in, um, mm-hmm. that one. So, yeah. And it's a great, it, it, that was made back to when, when, um, albums were albums. So it starts off about them. You kind of hear them in the recording studio, getting ready to record. And then, Mm-hmm. When you had a tape or a record and had to flip it over in the middle, it goes side two and starts for side two. So, uh-huh. but anyways, I just, I, I love that album. I love every song on that album. It's an album I could put in, hit play, listen to the whole thing. 
Just love well, it. Well, I thought their second album, their second album was pretty good too. It had a couple of good songs on there. Yeah, they had. Um, so. I think there was a second album before. So their albums were Nobody Said It Was Easy in '91, Getting Pretty Good mm-hmm. at Barely Getting By in '96, and then they had Daylight Again came out in 2009. And okay, never, so no, it's the second album. Second, I've never heard the third album, but the I mean, second neither, album. but I have the second album. I have, I have both those albums. It was one of yeah. those things that I kept looking. For oh and so Tired Wings actually charted twenty seven in, in uh, ninety two so it must have charted in early ninety two so mm-hmm. nobody said it was easy came out at sixteen on the U S uh, mainstream rock chart Rockin' is my business came at thirty eight and Tired Wings twenty seven but like I said it was in heavy rotation on KJON at the time and I just fell in mm-hmm. love with it so all right Beach it is now time to move on to the week number. Eight preview. Okay. In the pack 12, I have Kyle's email. Poor Kyle. And looks like we have one, two, three, four, five, six games this week. Ooh, one more than last week. Not everyone's playing, but we've got a couple out-of-conference games. Ooh, this late in the season, huh? Yes. All right, B. Okay, what's our up first? game number one? We have one game on Friday. It is... Washington at Arizona. I'm taking Washington. I will take Washington. Arizona's terrible. Um, Kyle says, why do I even make picks this year? So I can have Bill read my picks. (laughs) Okay. Oh, God. Here's his pick. I love Whittle Puppy Doggies. I love to wub their pink whittle bellies. Kyle picks the Huskies. I hate you, Kyle. Is this, more and more, is this I hate like you. Elmer, is, it, is this like Elmer Fudd right here? I think Kyle just wants me to hear me say this. All right, Beans, all the fun. rest of the games are on Saturday. And it was funny. I was looking at it. There's like three games that kick off at 1230 and two games that kick off at 430. There's no late night games in the Pac-12 this week. Mm. No like 7 o'clock games. All right. Um, first up. Oregon at UCLA. And actually, this is the game where uh, College Game Day will be. I don't blame them. This is going to be a great game. Oregon at UCLA. I I shall root for bitch tits. You're going to take UCLA? I am going to take UCLA. You're damn right I'm going to take UCLA. Kyle says, sweaty bitch tits quiving. (laughs) I can't laugh. Sweaty bitch tits quivering under a UCLA jersey. Kyle picks UCLA to win. And you, Billy? Uh, this is as close as Oregon's going to get to the Rose Bowl this year. I'm going to take Oregon. Really? Because I need to make up some distance on you. And if they lose, I don't feel it. bad. No, true, true. It's a win-win for yeah, you. Yeah, it's a win-win for me either way. <laughs> so, I really don't know who to pick in that game. It's I, I really be, don't I, know. I, I, what, what time does that game start? 12.30 kickoff. Okay, what time does our game start? 4.30. Perfect timing. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. All right, Beach, next up, Colorado at Cal. I'm going to take Cal. Oh, no, I'm going to I'm going to Oh, I was thinking. I was thinking Arizona. I'm going to take Cal. You're going to take Cal? Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, uh, hold on. I haven't decided yet. Uh, Kyle says, I wonder how much a bike. <laughs> oh, 
hate you, Kyle. I wonder how much a bison's testicles weighs. If a man were to walk up and cup a bison's scrotum to judge the weight of his testicles, would you judge that man to be extremely masculine because of his daring? Kyle picks cow the win. Um, I hate you, Kyle. I'm going to take Colorado. I, I, I don't think any man should touch any other animal's nuts. That's just my own personal belief. I'm going to take Colorado. I really don't know about this one. I don't think Colorado's very good, but Cal really hasn't had much offense. So, and again, I need to make up some some mm-hmm. some ground on, on Beach. So, But Kyle picked Cal. He picked Cal. Next up, okay. BYU at Washington State. BYU just lost last week. Uh, yeah, they've lost two in a row. Hmm. I'm going to go with Washington State only for the fact that it's at Wazoo. Kyle says, hot cougar on cougar action. I probably need to clear my browser history after looking that up. <laughs> I hate you, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle picks BYU to win. I really don't know. what These are some weird games. So, But is Washington State going to have a head coach? I well, if Inslee has his way, no. If okay. the fans do, probably yes. Okay. I'm sure there's some big boosters at Washington State right now calling up, calling up Inslee, saying, "I think uh, the man has truly found Jesus at this point. You need to give him that religious exemption." Well, and I was reading about it. They all do the they do the re, the the exemptions all blind, so there's no names on anything. Oh, really? Yeah. So they don't know who they're, they're they don't know who they're reviewing. So, all right. And, and, I, and how do you verify somebody's religious exemption? I mean, you're you're literally reading a statement that they make, and you're just putting your finger in the air, going, "Hmm, I wonder if this person is truly a religious person, or if they're just making it up." I don't know. I I have issues with it. Yeah. Just on a constitutional level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but anyways, yeah. but South, we won't get in that. Southwest had Southwest had issues on a financial level. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, all right. Um, I think I'm going to take again just to be different than Beach BYU. Because okay. I don't know. No, I'm going to take Wazoo. Keep scratching this crap out here on my chart. Well, I just don't think I. I don't think BYU's got the speed to keep up with all those Wazoo receivers. I would agree. That's that's what I'm looking at. Okay, next up, USC at Notre Dame. The game for the bejeweled shillelagh. I wish somebody would play my bejeweled shillelagh. <sighs> hmm. How's Notre Dame doing this year? Um, they are ranked in the top 15. They're at number 13 at 5-1. and one. Hmm. I'm going Notre Dame. I, too, am taking Notre Dame. Kyle says, I suppose one could calculate the... (sighs) I suppose one could calculate the weight of smegma produced by a football team in a season. Finding someone to want to peer review that calculation 
would be more difficult. Kyle picks Notre Dame to win. Okay, I don't know what that has to do with anything. What the hell is smegma? You don't know what that is? No. Well, I mean, that's probably a good thing. Maybe you should look it up. Well, I'm on my phone, which is where I'd look it up at. So. Well, it's a, it's a secretion in the folds of the skin. Okay. Like sweat. Yeah. Or is it dirtier than sweat? It's yeah. Ugh. And it. It's so that comes from tiny glands called the sub uh, subacaceous glands. Mm-hmm. In uh, genital regions to lubricate crotch, those regions. Crotch yeah. sweat? Yes. And it's made of fatty oils and shed skin cells and moisture like sweat. So with men, it collects under the foreskin. Now you know why I hate Kyle. I, I hate I, I hate Kyle too. Yeah. So. All right. So we all take Notre Dame. Last up, Beach. The game we won't be picking. Now I'm gonna have to. Now I'm gonna have to wash my penis extra heavy tonight. So. I don't think so that's ever I'm a problem <laughs> for you. Ow. Ow. <laughs> I can't laugh. You can't tee that up for me, Beach. You can't tee me up like that. It's too easy. Okay, Beach, and then the final That's up, so we got I. so am I. We got Utah oh, yeah. at Oregon State. Kyle says, "Beaver, Beaver, 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 Beaver." You just wanted me to say Beaver. <laughs> I think the Beavers have so a good shot. Against, I, so, I, so I, I think the Beavers, against the only undefeated team in the Pac-12. Yeah, I, I think, I think the Beavers have a shot. Um, we really need Nolan to come out and establish his passing game. And the bees need to run the ball. And I think they'll be able to run against Utah. And, mm-hmm. they, and they really just need to shove it down Utah's throat. Um, but, you know, two, three weeks ago, I would have been feeling really good about this game. Now, eh, Utah's looking better. Yeah, they are. So, so we'll just have to wait and see. Um, all right, Beach, we'll, we'll kind of move us into this week's tailgater. So, it is Utah. And uh, just today, Beej, I went to pick up tri-tip. Was there any tri-tip? I found tri-tip. Okay, because it's getting, meat's getting lean, everything's getting lean. Yeah, it is. Uh, It's funny because I I went to cash and carry because I can go buy the big primal cuts. And it's funny because normally their meat section's pretty, there's quite a bit in there. And there was a lot of empty bins. So I was able to get two uh, primal cuts of tri-tip. Mm-hmm. And so Gibby will come in and, and break those down for me on Wednesday. But we have $200 worth of tri-tip. Wow. Yep. And then for, because it's Utah, we'll be making what we lovingly refer to as Mormon funeral potatoes. And nobody get upset about that because it comes out of the actual official uh, Mormon church Mormon cookbook, church cookbook um, that, they, that they put out and – uh, the Mormons tend to call them funeral potatoes because when somebody in a family dies, other members of that stake will bring over food for the family while they're grieving. And a lot of them will make this potato recipe 
that's in the cookbook. And so that's why they call them Mormon, uh, funeral potatoes. So, um, but, uh, and so, uh, you'll see them a lot like Thanksgiving and Christmas and it's potatoes with a lot of cheese. And usually there's, um, crunched up cornflakes on top and sour cream in there and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So one wonderful things. Yep. So I was gonna be making up six big pans of those things. Plus all the tri-tip. Um, and I was also going to make some garlic bread too. What do you think about that? I do love garlic bread. Yeah. And that's something else we can cook up on the uh, Traeger. Mm -hmm. Plus you'll have all your deep fried stuff. Yep. Anything else you can think of that we need to bring? Just some hookers and some blow and I'll be happy. No, we're not playing USC, but okay. All right. All right. right. So I think it'll be a good tailgater. So yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to get food ready to go by about noon. I I would agree. I think, uh, I think this would be probably a decent attended game too. I mean, it's a nice timed game. Yeah. I I like, I like a a three to three to five o'clock is kind of me to the sweet spot of college football. Um, although I don't know what the weather forecast, I think it's rain on Saturday. Let me see. I'm looking at it here. Yeah. 54, 60% chance of rain. I had that um, memory pop up on my Facebook like yesterday. We had a hell of a rainstorm a couple years ago because we had uh, we had the walls up on the big tent. Oh yeah, I don't remember, and we I think we had it anchored down. But a couple times we had to hold that sucker down when the wind was blowing. You remember yeah, that? I do remember that. Yeah, was that before or after we put the weights on the thing? It was after we had the weights on the thing. Wow. So yeah. So well, hopefully the wind. Hopefully the wind's mild and hopefully the uh, rain avoids us for most of it. Yep. Well, Beads, uh, before we go, I know a lot of people liked your uh, story last week, your dating story with the chick that made the potato salad with the corn in it. Yes. And this week you wanted me to remind you to tell you about the story about the chicken girl. The chicken girl. The okay. Chicken girl. You're, you're, you're ready for this one? I am ready for this one. Oh, my God. Okay. So my friend Janny was always trying to find me girls to, to, to date. Right. And so she ends up saying, Hey, I know a person, you know, she'd like to meet you, go out and do something. Right. So I think I had her email or something. And so I sent the gal an email and you ever get one of those where you, it just kind of fizzles, you know, there's like not a whole lot of like go back and forth on. And so it just kind of died after a couple of like a week. And so then like, I don't know, three or four weeks later, I get an email from her inviting me to a party at her house. And in my mind, I'm thinking, was this meant to go to me or, or was I just kind of an add on, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm, I'm pondering it. And, and then the, the day comes that the party's supposed to be there and it was in the afternoon or something. And uh, I'm talking to my neighbor, Don. And Don's like, you should, you should go, you should go, you know, you you need to go out and meet people. So, and you're supposed to bring some food and God knows I'm not going to cook food. So I went over, this is before Haggins went out of business, this is like 15 years ago. So I drive over to Haggins, I pick up a really nice fruit plate and she ended up living like maybe a half a mile down the street from me, just kind of over off of Jackson school road. Oh, pretty close. Right. Yeah. Not, not very far away at all. And so I drive over to her house. I, I have a Coke in hand and I have my fruit plate and I drive up 
to uh, park in the cul-de-sac, and then I go up to her house, and kind of a starter house, you know, nothing too fancy. Um, and there's a couple other people that are walking up the sidewalk at the same time. Ring the doorbell. I don't know these people from Adam. Don't know anybody at this party, so it's kind of weird for me. I'm feeling awkward. And so she opens the door, and I had a picture of her, so I knew who she was. And oh, she's like, hi, I'm, I can't remember her name, blah, blah. And she's like, uh, and, and you are, what, what church do you go to? And I'm like, I'm a person who goes to church, person of faith. Still an awkward question to ask as far as I'm concerned when you're having a party, right? Yeah. All right. What church do you go to? So the other two people are there and, and I'm like, well, I'm Brian. I'm, I'm Janie's friend. And, uh, um, I, I go to Zion Lutheran church down the street over there. It's like, oh, 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 okay, hi, nice to meet you. Come on in. You know, you can put the food on the counter and people are out back. So now this this day was like a this again, I can't remember, maybe it was only 10 years ago or something like that. It was freaking hotter than hell this day. It was like up above like a it was like around 108 or 110 degrees. One of the hottest days I've ever experienced in Oregon up until like this summer, right? And and so I walk in the house, there's no air conditioning in this house, hotter than hell. So I walk through the house, put my fruit plate down, and I'm looking at everybody else who brought food. And then you're already making my mind decision. That's like, okay, I'll be eating the fruit, right? Nothing else. I'll be eating the fruit. So walk back, sit back, and she had this kind of covered thing on the back patio, and it was just put on there. And it was like corrugated fiberglass up there, right? Translucent. So the freaking sun is coming down, baking like a goddamn greenhouse yeah. okay so so i sit back there in the chair and there's this really nerdy looking dude sitting next to me right but i can bs with anybody pretty darn well so i sit there and we start talking about movies and pop culture and crap and i'm i'm, I'm doing okay with it at this point and uh and anyway she's like there's I, I had a coke with me right so i had my little bottle of coke that i was drinking when i walked into the door my Coke is quickly going away, and the only beverages that she has is like a a uh, like a juice container, right? Like an old school igloo kind of one that you would push the little end on and it fills up the cup. You know, oh, like like, like take, a like a water it, thing. Yeah, yeah, like the ones like you, you used you, back when we were kids. Like you'd see at a construction site or a football team. It, exactly, exactly, right. Mm-hmm. And the cups that she had next to this thing were literally SpongeBob. I shit you not, SpongeBob. And they were like swish and spit cups, you know, the kinds that you put next to your, your counter for your little kids when they got to get up in the morning and so swish like their little, mouths little out. Three or ounce cups? Oh my God, it was terrible, right? Uh-huh. Freaking 110 degrees, right? There's she's only got this freaking Kool-Aid in there and little SpongeBob cups. What the hell's wrong with this place, right? And <laughs> so anyway, then, then, She's like, she's going to cook us. She's, it's going to be chicken, right? We're going to have chicken breasts, right? I, Billy, I crap you not. Her barbecue that she had was, did, did you ever go to outdoors? You went to outdoor school, right? Yeah. Remember, remember that we had to make the hobo stoves where you took the coffee can. You took the old coffee can and you made the tuna can, made it in the candle and put it underneath the coffee can and you could cook your burger on top of the coffee can. Exactly. Hobo stove, right? Yeah. 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 Just, just so you could freaking cook a burger. Right. Okay. So literally she had like a little barbecue about that size 
to cook chicken. Now there must have been 15 people, maybe 18 people at this party going on in her house. And she's got a freaking barbecue that can only cook one, maybe two breasts at a time. You know, I'm like, there's no freaking way she's going to cook the salmonella off that son of a bitch. So <laughs> one thing you got to know. So Billy puts the fear of God in me, right? So like when we go tailgating, I learn crap. And one of the things Billy does, we, we cook chicken and Billy's like, dude, chicken's a filthy meat, just a filthy meat. Don't cross contaminate the knives. It's freaking filthy meat, right? So that's why you cook shit out of chicken. I don't right? say it's filthy, and, but I say you just got to watch out for chicken. Yeah, because it's 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 can be heavily in bacteria before it gets cooked. Exactly. Steak not as concerned, right? Yep. And so, but Billy's and actually, told side note, today's pork is actually very clean. Is it? Yes, you don't need to cook the crap out of pork anymore. Okay. Well, but, but one of the things Billy always told me, though, was if we were ever using chicken, which we don't do chicken a lot that isn't already pre-done at the tailgater. But if we do, the knives, all the utensils, all that stays with that chicken. It doesn't get used for anything else Correct. during the thing. And so I'm seeing her. I'm like, there is no freaking way she is going to cook all of that chicken all the way through and kill off all the bacteria before she needs to put it through to try to feed this whole group of people, right? I'm like, this is freaking insane. We're going to die. And so I'm like, fruit salad. Yummy, it's yummy. My yep, fruit salad. That's 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 where I'm going to stay, right there, right in the fruit salad. Not going to eat the chicken, not going to try it. And I'm just thinking, these. and again, these are not my people. So anyway, I, uh, they, they, then she all, I don't, I think she was still trying to cook the chicken. I don't know. But then we kind of all went inside into one room and, and that's when I made my escape. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to go. So, so I, I left and actually, believe it or not, I believe this was the same day as Jess's college graduation party. Oh, okay. Well, this thing, even though Jess invited me to that thing, right? Yeah. When would that have been? And, it would have been like 2006, 2006, maybe might, might've been, might've been. And I, I just said, I, I just said, you know what? I got a graduation party to go to. I got to, I got to leave. So I, I beelined out of there. I drove home to my wonderful air conditioned house. I sat in my easy chair, grabbed another Coke. And I just thank God that I wasn't going to die that day. But then I called my friend Kelly and I'm like, Kelly ain't going to believe this shit. What happened to me today? And she's like, what? So I tell her the whole story, just what I'm telling you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm like, and, and she's like, and then I said, then we, we get – she invites us inside in the room, and guess what we're going to do next? And she's like, hold a second, Brian. She's like, is there any alcohol at this party? And I had to think for a second you know, because I knew the little, little SpongeBob cups were there. But I'm like, no, there was no alcohol. There was no beer. There was no, no, no alcohol of any kind. She's like, you were going to play games, weren't you? <laughs> and I'm like – Oh my God, we were going to play games. Is that what happens when there's no alcohol at a party? You play games? And she's like, oh yeah, that's what they do. So, <laughs> okay, good to know, good to know. Did you so, ask Channy oh what was up with that? Oh, I, to- I don't, I think, no, there was another story with Janny. Oh my God. Save that one for next week. Are you sure? Because it will. Okay, just remind me, uh, the lobster ravioli, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay. I just, did you ever talk to this? this did story. you ever talk to SpongeBob girl again? No, never talked to her again. Never heard peep from her. Never that that one was a one and done. Wow. So, 
A lot of one and dones in my world. A lot yeah, of ones yes. and dones. You know, you know, but you know, I don't know if you ever heard mom, mom. I was driving mom into work one day with me, and I don't know what she was talking about or what she was looking at. I don't know if she was reading the paper or, or something. But she goes, you know, Brian. She goes, because you know, P- P- I will tell stories all the time. I went out with this girl this one time, and this happened there. I went out with this girl one time, and this happened, and people are like, well, you have a lot of girlfriends. I'm like, no, I only ever went out with these girls like one time. You have a lot of dates. And I have a lot of dates and, and, uh, and so mom right in with mom into Portland one day and she goes, you know, Brian, someday you're going to die. And all of these girls are going to look in the obituary and they're going to see your name and they're going to be like, I went out with him one time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Thanks mom. Appreciate that. So anyway, okay. Lobster, lobster, uh, ravioli girl next week. Okay. Sounds good. That's a, that was a good one. I might offend a few people, but it's it's totally a good one. Oh, I think right? I think our podcast offends a few people. Okay, well, hopefully they keep listening. Maybe they listen to be offended. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 167 of Legal Participation. Remember to send us a comment, suggestion, or ask a question. Heinrich Tailgater at gmail.com. At Heinrich Tailgater on Twitter. Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. Remember, listen, subscribe, anywhere you get podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review. Beach. Billy, we've got a pot. We've got a tailgater coming up this week, and hopefully, I can you know, actually pick stuff up. Yes, I'm hoping you recover well. Well, I'm hoping at least by Thursday when I start loading coolers. Well, yeah, yeah I was going to say the loading because God knows you don't do any of the unloading because that's all Greg and me. Yeah. But anyways, well, let's hope uh, for a great uh, tailgater this week and a great Beaver victory. Gonna finish it off with a great big go bees. make good classic skits like that in Saturday Night Live anymore. That was actually a Saturday Night Live skit. That was from uh, Adam Sandler's comedy album. Oh, that's what it was. They're all going to laugh there a third at you. Guy? Um, there was Adam Sandler. Mm. There was Rob Schneider. There was uh, David Spade. And I but think Tim go, Meadows. Dude, buddy. And Tim Who Meadows. was the other one? Dude. Tim Meadows. I know, but what were the words they said? Dude, buddy, buddy, dude. Holy. Homie. Me? Homie. Okay. Dude, I, um, so after I got done at your house on, uh, Friday night, Mm -hmm. I went through Taco Bell. Did I tell you this? In Dallas? Yes. Okay. And I had a cantina taco. How was it? They're freaking phenomenal. Really? So... (laughs) 
I walk by it every day uh, on my walks. I've got got to Taco Bell three times since. I had it for breakfast on Saturday, and I had it for dinner tonight. Jeez, I might have to try it. You know, I walk by that stupid Taco Bell a couple times a day when I go on my walks. So I always see what's on the menu, and I saw that one. I was like, I wonder what that is. So they're special shells. The shells aren't a normal Taco Bell shell. It's like a, 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 it's kind of bubbly and crispy. And they have to put it in the uh, the taco condom like they do the Doritos Locos because it kind of breaks apart pretty easy. But they put this cheesy gooiness on the bottom of the taco shell. It's it's just phenomenal. Very, very impressed. So crispy melt, cantina crispy melt taco? Yes, yes. I'm looking up a picture of it here. Yeah. Oh, there's like it's, like a there's like a, a cheese wad below the beef. Yeah, it's like a, a bottom layer of cheese goo, and then uh, then they put uh, it's the shell. It's really the shell that makes it amazing. So I highly recommend it. So this says it has seasoned beef, mm-hmm. reduced fat, sour cream, mm-hmm. three cheese blend, mm-hmm. cheese. Mm-hmm. Nacho cheese sauce, tomatoes, and lettuce. Mm-hmm. So it looks like it's got the three cheese blend and the nacho cheese sauce on the bottom. And cheese on top. On top, yeah. 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 Well, that's good because I like me some cheese. And it's a it's a special freshly fried taco shell. Oh, I'll have to try it. They said the shells are fried fresh daily. <clears throat> I'll have to try it. Yeah. Dude, I am still so beat up from falling on Friday. <laughs> Bastard. My, my, I was going to ch- check in on you, see how your bruising was. Well, other than my thumb, which you can kind of see there under the skin, but that doesn't bother me. <laughs> what really bothers me is my freaking ribs. But you're not bruised on the surface at all? No, nothing on the surface. I can just hardly move. Like, it's been hard to sleep the last couple nights. It just, because <laughs> it's hard to get comfortable, then it's hard to move around. I've been taking because uh-huh, anything hurts and then it makes you mad. Yeah, I've been taking mega yeah. doses of um, Advil, and then if I cough or hiccup or anything, mm-hmm. hurts like a son of a bitch. Hmm. God damn! It, nothing like saying "old" as you fall down when you're walking. Mm-hmm. Just old bastard. You, you know they say though when you're old, they, people always say I, I I fell and I broke a hip. Yeah. Usually, from what I understand, you break the hip and then you fall. Oh, really? Yeah, your hip just fails. Hmm. So, yeah. It wasn't my hip. It was just my foot not getting high enough to get over that lifted concrete and then eating crap. You know, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad there was no whole, um, tailgater this weekend because I can't they lift anything. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, they say shuffling your feet's a sign of Alzheimer's. Did you know that? Yeah, it's also a sign of... Uh, Oh, Parkinson's. Yeah. Shoveling the feet's a sign of Parkinson's, too. Mm. <clears throat> okay, let me take a drink of water. You got your stuff? Uh, yeah, your, your day to pick the music, right? Yep. Yep. I've got the song. Okay. <clears throat> you ready to go? Uh, as good as I'm going to get. I mean, I, I freaking half-ass this every time. I, I think you're giving yourself about a quarter more ass than what you really do. <laughs> I think it's more like quarter ass. 
And maybe about a quarter ass. Maybe yeah. even like eighth ass. Is there such thing as an eighth of an ass? If there is, you do it. Mm-hmm. I've always thought I fully ass things, but on this thing, I'm, I barely half ass it. Yeah, uh, probably an eighth of ass. <laughs> so, the Beavs are now 13 and three overall, six and two in the Pac-12, and they are back on the. No, that's not their. That's not their record. That's Washington's record. Um, oh, who's the lead singer? Star? No, of Metallica. Oh, uh, Chris, um, not Kurt. Hey, starts, not Lars. Not Lars. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> starts with an H. God damn it. We're going to look like morons to our listeners. No, I won't because I'll cut all this out. No, that's good. I can't think of his name. Doesn't start with an H. Uh, James Hetfield. I like beer. <laughs> 